all of these factors that are just completely outside of your control. You either can expose yourself to that more or less. And it's like, well, what does exposing yourself to that more help with? Does it help with anything? Do you feel better or worse? Hi, we are Colleen and Colleen, and we have made it our mission to spread kindness and make everyone feel like they belong. So each week we will share real life stories, motivating insights, and helpful tips that will inspire you to live a kinder, happier life. We believe that together we can make the world a much better place. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do this. Welcome to the You Fit Here podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to You Fit Here. I am CB. And I'm CS. And we are so excited today. We have our friend back and in action, Dr. <laughs> Natalie Dottillo. If you missed our first episode, head back to episode number 39. It had so many good takeaways. Um, and we talked a lot about how to have hard conversations right now in the world and the climate with people in our lives and lots of tips, especially needed right now. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Was that a um, year ago? I think that was like a year ago. Right? I, I know. It, right. it was a, I was looking up the number and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was way too long. <laughs> so today it's time to dive into another topic surrounding the world we're living in, but it has more to do with us and ourselves. Um, so welcome back, Natalie. Why, thank you, ladies. It's so good to see you. It's so good to be back. We're so you look lovely. You. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Well, we often feel like we have great thoughts and ideas, but it is always nice every once in a while to talk to an actual professional on things like mindset and the things that you are an expert in. So without further ado, CB. Oh, yeah. I did forget to mention her, her background real quick. She is a clinical and health psychologist and instructor at Harvard Med. What? I mean, yeah. hello. Founder know, of Priority Wellness Coaching and is an expert in the fields of mindset, motivation, and self-care. So she is like yeah. our guru of how to talk, what to talk about, all the things. So we're going to dive right in. So the world is a lot right now. Like a lot, a so lot, a lot. So much. <laughs> right when it and felt much. like things were getting back on track too. It's oh, like, God. nope. Like, yeah, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. um, and people are feeling this weighed down, overwhelmed, out of control, anxious, just all these feelings. And that's just like beyond our everyday regular life. So mm -hmm. we really want to talk about how to take care of ourselves right now. And mm -hmm. I guess first off is how do we even become aware of how we might be feeling right now? Because I know a lot of people are, when you're talking, you're like, oh, I just feel like I have this weight on my chest, or I just feel like mm -hmm. off or heavy or something. And I don't know that people even realize what they might really be feeling. No, so I guess true. how can we do an inventory of ourselves right now? It's true. Um, honestly, I, I feels, it feels heavier now. Like I feel like a heavier weight and burden now than, you know, even at the height of everything that we were going through last year. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just sheer exhaustion and you just kind of run out of steam. Like it's mm -hmm. like you're just kind of on fumes at this point. And so everything just seems harder and affects you more deeply you know, I kind of feel, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I feel out of it like so much of the time. Yeah. Um, and I think 
you're raising such a good point about just being more aware. It's about being aware and paying attention as best you can, even though sometimes the pace of life is just moving so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast. Like there is no time. Like I'm just going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Like how am I supposed to be paying attention to myself <laughs> in the right. midst of all of that? Unless you are being intentional and take taking the time. And it doesn't have to be a lot of time. You don't have to go into like a 45-minute self-reflective meditation. Just checking in with yourself like at regular, frequently throughout the day mm-hmm. and making that like a habit. And the questions that I ask are like, you know, how am I doing? What do I need? How am I doing? What do I need? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, it's just like, I'm doing okay, or I'm not doing okay. Like, what do I need? I don't know. I just need a minute. Or how am I doing? Well, I'm hungry. I need to eat something. <laughs> how am I doing? And what do I need? Um, and those are the two questions that even if you don't know the answer 100%, just the act of checking in with yourself on a regular basis will allow you to become more aware and give you the opportunities to, to step in if there is something that you've identified as a need um, sooner rather than later. That's a really good idea because I feel like for me personally, it starts with these little things that I'm not noticing, but yeah. people around me are probably noticing like me very easily snapping at like my husband or my kids for really nothing. But it's just like my agitation level is really heightened. And then I'm like, why am I acting like this? Like, and it's just these little tiny things that I don't pay attention to until they become a bigger thing. And then I am mad at myself for not paying attention to myself. I think we're operating at the margins is what, you know, I would call that. Like there isn't a whole lot of give, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there's this concept called window of tolerance and it shifts based on just like how long you've had to sustain like Mm. this level. Um, and, and there isn't a whole lot of give. So it is like the littlest things that'll just like push you over the edge where, you know, you know, at another time it wouldn't have affected you. It wouldn't have bothered you, but like this time it's like you snap. And so giving yourself more margin, like reclaiming some of that room is really important. So when we do talk about self-care, that's like, it's, it's really critical. And in whatever form it takes to just give yourself, to back away from the margins a little bit, to give yourself a little bit of room to bend mm-hmm. so that you don't just kind of automatically break. I love that. You know, last year when everything was going crazy, I felt my anxiety levels, all these things just were overwhelming. And this last couple of weeks, I've kind of felt similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you've been in this place almost exactly last year. And I wish I would have taken a minute each night last year to just write down, you're feeling this, mm-hmm. like your chest is tight. You are whatever. Just so that when I was back in it this year, I'm like, you've been here. These are similar things. You're not dying. You're not, you know, because your mind takes over and it can go to a crazy place. And I wish I would have just written down like a sentence a day just so I could go back and check in and say, oh, no, no, no. This is how you were. This is what worked. This is Mm -hmm. what didn't work at that time. So I don't feel like I'm starting all over again. Right. Or like, try, or, you know, somewhere in there is like, you've never done this before. This is all brand new. What are you going to do? And it, sort of raises that alarm and the panic, but you have, whether or not it's been this specific scenario, um, 
you know, you have this reference for having done, done hard things, like done this, you've done hard things in your life, you have overcome, you know, there's this saying, like, you, you, you know, a hunt, you've, um, you've survived 100% of your, like, hardest days. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's true. And I think having a reference for that, whether it's specifically because you've written it down, or you just kind of recall in your own mind, like, mm-hmm. how did I manage this before? Right. So not just keeping record of like, what you were experiencing, but what did I do about it? How did I manage this? whether you're writing that down and like, like keeping a journal or just kind of sitting back and remembering, like, how did I get through that? That was really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, I had this person that I was talking to and texting with on a regular basis or sending memes with or whatever. Like, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that was really, really helpful. I should reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Or I was going to the gym pretty regularly then. That was one of the things that was really helpful. So maybe I should like do that again. Um, you know, I was also... Uh, you know, working on this project at that time. And that was really helpful for keeping my, you know, own head on straight. Uh, Just remembering what's worked in the past. Mm -hmm. If you've gotten away from that for whatever reason, like reclaim it. It's so true. I've said to CS, I was like, when I was at my best, what was I doing? Mm -hmm. Oh, I was doing my morning journal. I was not drinking so much caffeine. I was doing these other things. And I have lost so much touch with so many of those things that I know it's like, I know they helped me. So why am I not doing them? Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, That is a good question. (laughs) I know to have someone that, you know, you talk to at that time, like CS knew Mm -hmm. my routines or my sister, I was like, Oh, this. And she's like, okay, this sounds very similar to, whatever. And I'm like, Oh, you're right. Like you're right. gives you a little bit of the outside mirror turned back on you. Like, no, yep. I remember this. We talked about this and this is what was going on. So yeah, we forget helpful. to reflect like that. And, and it is helpful to have somebody in your life, whether that's a partner or a friend or even your therapist, that's going to like ask you those questions, you know, and you develop this way of talking to yourself in, a, in, in that way as well. You can ask yourself these questions, like, and even like use your name. Like, Natalie, what were you doing? As if you were having a conversation with another person. Um, It's called distanced self-talk. I've been practicing it lately. It's in a book called Chatter by Ethan Cross. And it's about the way we talk to ourselves and and how that can be helpful or or not uh, and ways to harness it. And that's one of them. So I've been using that a lot lately. (laughs) Talking to myself in third person usually not out loud so that other people can hear, but occasionally. <laughs> I just did it in my head and I was like, I'm not a cat. I'm a person. I should treat myself like a person. <laughs> it works. And I'm paying attention to all the times when I do talk to myself like that, like after in the middle of a, a hard workout or after a hard workout, I'm like, you got this. <laughs> you know? yeah. It works. So I'm, I'm kind of promoting that right now. I love that. That's great. Mm-hmm. What was his name, Ethan? Ethan Cross. He's okay. a researcher at the University of Michigan. The book's called Chatter. And we're reading it this month in the Self-Love Book Club. <laughs> so shout I out. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Wow. Distance club. self-talk. Talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's and it's a tenant right? of the work that we do in psychotherapy, like across the board, anything that you can do to gain some distance between you and the things that are going on inside you. 
right, is going to be extraordinarily helpful. And there's multiple ways to do this. And one of them is using, you know, harnessing your self-talk and creating the psychological and emotional space that you need to be able to assess your situation both internally and externally from a more neutral or objective standpoint, right? This isn't to ignore emotion because emotion is really important, but sometimes it can like, um, it fogs the lens. Like it's, you can see, but you're not seeing very clearly. And so you want to be able to see more clearly for a couple of reasons. You want to be able to separate out the emotion or the emotional distress from the problem, right? Because each of those might require a different solution. So tackling how you feel, if that's, you know, if it's upsetting or problematic in some way, there's, there's techniques for that. There's techniques to soothe that, but those might look different than the techniques you would use to actually solve the problem. And so much of the time we want to feel better first. Like we feel like we could tackle something easier if we felt better first. And that might be possible, but you also might be waiting a really, really long time before you feel well enough to to do something or take care of something or start something. And you kind of have to sometimes separate the two. We will refer to this as compartmentalization, which is um, actually a pretty healthy thing to do to set aside the, the emotional distress from the problem and think more concretely and productively about, well, what do I need to do to actually solve the problem? Have I even identified it? Like, what is the problem? Can Mm. we start there? Mm. And sometimes I'll just have people just take out a piece of paper and just start writing it all down. Like, this is a problem. I don't know what to do about this. This is freaking me out. This is giving me heartburn. Like, just start making the list. That in and of itself is a distancing technique. Wow. Yeah. Because it it just like takes it out of your mind. Because I feel like my mind is like, you know, when the Tasmanian devil is like, like whirling and it's in this like fog of dust and like cloud. And half the time I'm like, why am I even like if I just broke down, what's even the matter right now? Like what is actually affecting me in this very moment that or what am I a lot of my things are worry, worry about Mm -hmm. the future and not than being in the present moment because mm-hmm. I'm just so worried about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But half of those things aren't even happening yep. <laughs> to me or will happen to me. But I let them kind of like create this tornado in my mind that I'm like, I just need all the dust to settle. And I really like that of just writing it out. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, remove this from your mind, put it on paper and actually read it and look at it. And I just love that giving space in so many different mm-hmm. ways that you mentioned. The list is helpful because you can then you can either categorize some of these things according to like those like themes will emerge and you might also you might so you might categorize them according to like you know this is a me problem and this is a them problem or this is a mm-hmm. this is um, you know this is something I can control and then this is something that I can't and you might begin to just play with the list a little bit and rewrite it according to like these new categories. And it might be, I can't do anything about that. So I'm going to put that under the, I can't do anything about that category. And I'm going to separate out the things that I might be able to do something about and then work mm-hmm. on those. So you prioritize the list, you organize the list, and then you start tackling the list. And at the end of all of that, you, you're either going to be totally exhausted <laughs> having reviewed this problem list multiple times 
or realize that it's not probably as big as it seemed. Like, I think part of the problem is we just get overwhelmed, right? And like, it's whirling around. We just get overwhelmed and then we can't see the forest for the trees and we can't figure out what to do next. We feel very immobilized by that. And this process just allows you to gain some perspective, get a little organized in your mind. And you might find that there's really only one or two primary problems that really need to be tackled and can be. And like, let's just focus on those and set the rest aside for now until we until we can address them, um, until we have more information, until we know a little bit more to be able to like solve this particular problem. Most of the time, what we're feeling is just overwhelm Mm -hmm. or distress. Um, And if we can just take that down a notch, if we could turn the volume down on that a little bit, you're in a much better position to just proceed um, in a more deliberate and helpful way. I love everything you just said so much. And I wrote it down, but I'm going to have to rewind. It was organize the list, prioritize the list, and tackle the list. Mm -hmm. And it's all about gaining perspective on what really needs to be tackled and actually Mm -hmm. can. And I love Mm -hmm. the what's in my control, what's not in my control. I try that with my kids. I've been working hard on that. Mm -hmm. So that I feel I'm taking a lot of notes. It works with adults too. (laughs) It's great with kids. It works with adults too. Well, yeah. I'm feeling like I'm already mentally in my head creating a list and I'm realizing, do I just really have a problem letting go of control? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel so out of control of so many of my stressors yeah. or things. And But really, what can I control? I can control how I respond to it. I can't maybe control the situation, but mm-hmm. oh, I love that. Okay, so... Say we're making this list and a lot of these things are just out of our control or mm-hmm. an environmental thing in the news, all the, you know, horrible at things the school going on. district, all of oh, this yeah. stuff. Oh. When you have like those environments, and I mean environments, say like the news or social media, or you know some of these things in your environment are adding to your overwhelming whirlwind. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like tell my husband, I can't discuss this topic. I need to remove myself. Like I need distance. I don't want the news on. I try to Mm -hmm. limit social media until I feel like I can grasp any of the conversation because it's like one mention of something and I'm spiraling in my head. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to say that that's like ignoring part of it, but is it healthy to like set a boundary within your environment so that you can kind of I feel like I need to get my head straight Mm -hmm. and limit my exposure because this is just clouding everything because it's just so stressful and chaotic. I would say absolutely. That's you reclaiming a sense of personal control. If it's about control Mm -hmm. and that there's all of these factors that are just completely outside of your control, Mm -hmm. you either can expose yourself to that more Mm -hmm. or less. And it's like, well, what does exposing yourself to that more help with? Does it help with anything? Do you feel better or worse? If you don't feel better, then it's okay to put a limit on that Mm -hmm. and walk away, relinquish control, take back what sense of like personal control you can. And by saying, no, I'm just, I'm not able to participate in that right now is doing that. Yeah, I love that. 
you make me feel so much better about the times that my husband has want to talk to me about the bills. And I've just said, listen, that is going to be too much for me right now. Well, or do you just, say that every time though, Colin? No, I'm, I've been working on that. <laughs> but, um, and no. you can agree. I agree. It's very important. I agree. I'm not trying to like dismiss that or ignore the fact mm-hmm. that this is an important conversation. I just can't have it right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, there are obviously way, way more important and worse things happening in the world. And I kind of am the same way with those types of things because they, mm-hmm. they make me mm-hmm. sad and they make me feel mm-hmm. so helpless. CB mm-hmm. and I are so different with, I, we're so different in that this topic was something that she thought about. But the more that I, I think about it, the more I realize like we all really need to make these lists and prioritize things and then you know, start again, because Mm -hmm. this cloud of all this stuff going on, it's kind of almost like subconsciously affecting people like me, because it's not like in the forefront, but Mm -hmm. it's just like knocking and knocking and knocking. And then, you know, there's so much going on right now, personally, if you're a parent and back to school Mm -hmm. and picking work back up, you know, in the regular, whatever it may be for you. But um, yeah, I, I love, I love that. I think you're like, you're like acknowledging that these things are happening and it's sort of in the background, but it's not, but it's still taking up space. It's still taking up space in your mind and in your heart. Mm -hmm. And I think just, you know, putting on a, putting it on a list or labeling it as something that like, here's this thing that's going on, or even just back to school time, the time of year, you know, that, that, you know, add that to the list. It's not, maybe you it's not something you could do anything about, but I think just acknowledging that there's this, you know, it's, it's in there, it's in the mix helps, you know, name it. And, and, and then again, shuffle the deck and prioritize, you know, your effort, your interest and your mental, you know, space uh, into something that's going to be more productive. Anything that you can do to reclaim a sense of personal control is going to be helpful when things are just, it can seem like things are spinning wildly out of control. Right. And I often say to CS, like, I never want to be ignorant about things that are Mm -hmm. happening or feel like, well, they're not affecting me personally, so I don't need to care or know about them because I want to. Mm -hmm. But then you get to this place where it's like, I can't help anybody if I'm in this spiral. Like, Mm -hmm. so like I have to prioritize my mind so that I can actually be of use for this situation or this topic that's going on in the world because right now I'm not of use. I'm just like swept up in a tornado. (laughs) I'm not helpful to any of it because I can't like think straight about it. And so I think like knowing, I remember this last summer when a lot of the um, George Floyd stuff was going on and a lot of the women who were educating people were saying if I spend every waking minute on this and my feelings and my emotions about this, I can't help anyone. Like I have Mm -hmm. to be able to distance myself and take care of myself mentally and emotionally so that I can make a difference in the future and ongoing. Like there has to be a balance of not just going till you burn out and then you're useless for everyone else. Right. And I kind of feel like that with my family and stuff right now. Like, I got to a place where I was, I'm useless for my kids because I'm just like at the point of, or I was at the point of just like turmoil in my mind. I'm like, I need to lay down. Well, that's not helping 
you know, but if I took the steps all along to kind of limit or control or set boundaries and have that personal control, I wouldn't get to the point of that burnout overwhelm, you know? Yep. Uh, It's, you know, we have to take the time. We have to take care of ourselves. It is so important. I'm like, if I'm not doing that every day, at least on some level, I am no good. Yeah. And, and again, and then sometimes for me, I get to this point where it's, it gets harder and harder to come back. Yeah. You know, it's like the further I let it go, the harder it is to get it back. And I, you know, I've done this so many times that I just know now I'm like, I'm kind of vigilant about protecting my mental health because it, it can slip away or can begin to slip away, or at least it feels like it so quickly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think prioritizing that and protecting that really in, in my life has to be um, right near the top. Yeah. And I think how important is it to like, just be super honest with yourself and with the people around you where it's, mm-hmm. like I said to my husband, I can't discuss this at the moment because I am super anxious or I like, this is, I'm not in a good place for this. And I feel that if I just said that without kind of explaining really how I'm feeling, he'd be like, oh, you just don't want to talk about this right now. Or like Doug with the bills calling, Mm -hmm. like stop making excuses. You just don't want to deal with it. But like being honest the whole way through instead of just like at your breaking point moment, Mm -hmm. I feel like could probably help them and people in your life understand and then help you. Right. And this it could be one of these things where you just say, look, I this is important and I want to give it my full attention. I want to this is a conversation that deserves more than I've got right now. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hoping we can like revisit it a little later, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Acknowledging yeah. that it's important and that you're not trying to ignore or dismiss, but that mm-hmm. because it's so important, I need yeah. to I need we need to come back to it later. Well, you know what I kind of also despise right now, and this is not about spouses or anything, (laughs) but, you know, in social media land today, there's this pressure of like a situation happens and if you do not respond to it immediately or give your opinion on it, and Mm -hmm. this, it goes for, you know, celebrities and all these people, it's instantly like well, you don't care about this or you, whatever, instead of like, no, I'm processing and I'm thinking and I'm dealing with this in other ways. But I feel like we have this pressure in society right now that it's like, if you don't post an Instagram story about this topic, clearly you don't care and you are ignorant or you, whatever. Your priorities are whack. Kind of hate this pressure that's just like ongoing in social media where posting a story about something does not signify you know it's just like this it has to be this instant thing and I just hate that we do this right now yeah I know exactly what you're talking about I don't I don't know why that's happening either I I kind of know what you're talking about like you it is there's this pressure to um sort of state your position (laughs) yes and on on these important topics and you're expected to know it kind of immediately yeah and and then tell other people about it Yes. And, and some of it's very personal, very private. And I, honestly, it probably deserves more time and self-reflection, especially as it relates to your business or your brand or your life or your family. Mm-hmm. And to and that and to kind of remember that you don't you don't really 
owe um, people access to some of those sort of deepest and most personal um, considerations. They're important topics, mm-hmm. but you're right. We th- there is this pressure to, I don't know, um, proclaim. <laughs> a stance or take a stance. And if it's not the right stance, then, um, then you're banned or something. I, it's just, there's this, there's a lot of, um, quick to criticize. Yes. A lot of judgment, uh, across the board. I mean, like just strong opinions left and right. And it's kind of like, and if you don't have a strong opinion about X, Y, and Z, then you don't care. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It's kind of like in a little. It's kind of like picking your battles a little bit. Like, yeah. Like, I you know I care about a lot of things. Um, uh, I'm gonna put my heart and soul into a lot of things, but there's only so much of me to go around. You know, I, yeah. Kind of. When to... I feel like even after, if I were to post something about something, like, is that really impacting anything? <laughs> Or is it just making me feel like, oh, God, some people are going to hate this. <laughs> some yeah. people might love it. But, like, what is me actually, unless I'm giving, like, any helpful thoughts or my experience mm-hmm. with something, just all of this, like, instant judgment online and, like you said, expecting you to be an expert on every topic. Like, I'm suddenly supposed to be an expert on a pandemic and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, racism in our country and um, Afghanistan and masks and schools. And it's just like, how can people have such immediate, strong opinions without even having time to process and think sometimes where it's like, I, I think don't that's understand. A, I think that's actually part of the problem. I don't think we're giving enough consideration to these incredibly important topics, that yes. these are knee-jerk reactions and they're actually yeah. much more emotional than than like thoughtful some of the times, you know, and I, I think we, it would be really great for us to, I don't know if this is possible, but slow down the pace of the discourse, right? Yeah. It is like, you're, we're making a lot of assumptions about a lot of things um, and about a lot of people mm-hmm. um, without a whole lot of room for nuance, without a whole lot of room for consideration of alternatives um, and I think that's part of the reason why we are, you know, so divided on so many important things, important topics, and unable to see eye to eye. It's yeah. Let's slow down the pace of this discourse because things happen in life. I mean, it's happening at like record pace. I mean, we're notified of things happening around the world as it's happening, and expected to like, I don't know, make a decision and have an opinion and then do something about it. Right. Yeah. In that same moment, you know, like, Um, oh, it's too much. There's something that Denzel Washington said, and I just looked for it because I don't want to be wrong about it. But essentially talking about the news, he said, if you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. And he said something along the lines of people care more about being first than they care Mm -hmm. about what's true. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I I like that because it – helps me sort of process like again don't believe everything you hear or you think and it's something that we talk about all the time and um yeah I mean the truth is more important but we'll Mm -hmm. never uncover it if everybody is just pointing fingers and jumping to conclusions immediately 
maybe an appropriate answer is I just don't have enough information yet yeah. to have formed a strong opinion mm-hmm. about that. I, yeah, the I'm, way it I'm, stands. Just say that to yourself, like mm-hmm. Colleen. Yeah. You don't have enough time to, you haven't had enough time to even absorb this. So Mm -hmm. don't feel this immediate pressure to have an opinion or say something about the topic or get all riled up about one thing that you read because you're not even there yet. You don't have a full story. Or even believe you completely understand it. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I'm confused by this and I don't understand it. Well, that's probably because, you know, it's coming at you from all these different directions and you really haven't had time to think about it or reflect on it. Right. Um, Yeah. That to really understand it, process it, and then be able to like talk to other people about it. Right. 100%. A lot because I think that's part of the overwhelm in the Mm -hmm. out of our control category. You know, that's just this constant knocking at the door, like Colleen said, that's just weighing down. And we feel like we should have an opinion. Yeah. You know, when you want to, when you had the time to really research and learn and do the things that are important to get to that, you know, thought or Mm -hmm. way to help or something. But I feel like anything instant, like you said, a knee-jerk reaction – more times than not, a knee-jerk reaction isn't always our best, you know, right. response to something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So we, like Colleen said, talk a lot about don't believe everything you think. So yes. when these pesky things pop into our head, for yeah. me, so many irrational worries and someone else, you know, whatever. How, what can we do yep. when it's like... They're all creeping in, and we don't want them there. And yep. how do we not right. believe them? Great. Okay. So here's what you do to get out of your head. Okay. You get into your physical environment. Okay. If you're just going round and round, and you just got those, it's looping, and it's called rumination, and it's just like you just keep going round and round again. Especially if it's worry and it's what ifing, and it's all these sort of scenarios that your brain is just really great at coming up with and suggesting, and like, have you thought about this? And have you thought about this? And you're like, thank you, brain. Oh, Not really, but now I now I now I am right. Yep. Okay, so yep. I appreciate you trying to protect me and 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 propose all of these awful scenarios. Like, let's just take it down a notch. Okay, thank you. Um, the best thing to do at that point, especially when you realize that you're no longer pr- making productive or constructive thoughts, mm-hmm. is to just get out of your head by getting into your physical surroundings or getting into your senses. So this is like the value of grounding. Um, you want to do something instead of um, just kind of be consumed in this in your inner world. The best thing to do is get into your outer world. Okay. So this could be doing something physical. This could be taking a walk. This could be taking a shower. It could be going for a workout. It could be cooking. It could be um, doing something creative with your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, it could even be like coloring or doing crafts with your kids or something like that so that you're now then able to focus on something else. And focusing on something external is going to be better. Focusing something that you can use, you can connect with your senses. So something you can see, something you can hear and like really tune into. So like throw on some music. That's a, that's a go-to for me. Um, and then like, like just let yourself listen to it and like, like think about it. Give your brain something else to do. Yeah. Not less to do, just something else to do. Um, 
you know, you could, again, like do something with your hands or, or dance, you know, or something like that, where you're going to then reconnect with your body mm-hmm. and not so much your brain, like your mind. Um, yeah, that's typically that. what I'm um, having people do. Sometimes if you're not able to like, you know, go for a quick walk or run, like have something on your body that you can touch. Um, that also is used as a grounding device. So mm-hmm. I, I, I have beads and I, I have this that ring and I, I have another bracelet that I am often wearing for that purpose. And so um, just touching it is serves as a, a reminder or a cue to, mm-hmm. that, to, to re-engage with your physical environment or your physical senses okay. and get out of your head. You know? I like that a lot. My go-to is definitely music. Yeah. I put on my belting playlist. Yep. <laughs> Everyone loves it at my house. <laughs> like, take the time to create a playlist that has yeah. those songs that you know are going to get the job done when yeah. you need to get out of your head. 10,000%. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And even, like, a walk. I also love going out and getting – or taking a walk, mm-hmm. but I can't just take a walk right. because my mind can still think. So it's yep. like I need a walk plus either music or a podcast that is just something like funny, like a comedian's mm-hmm. podcast that will just make me laugh and be silly and not because like the second my mind can start thinking about the thing again, yeah, it will. Like yeah. it will try its hardest to keep me in the hamster wheel. That's its default mode. That's not a problem. That's like, that's normal. That's exactly what the brain is designed to do. In the studies that have, has, that have looked at people's brains when they're not really doing anything, that's what they're doing. They're thinking, they're problem solving. Usually the problems are self-referential. So it's usually like, you know, what have I got to do and what's going on with me and what's this other thing that I'm dealing with? And it just loops. It just, it's, it, it loves to try and solve problems. The problem with that is that there may not be a solution. Um, but right. it's just going to keep spinning and spinning until you give it something else to do. Mm-hmm. Potentially another, quote, problem that is solvable. I don't know. Like a puzzle. Like this other thing that's like that actually has a solution. <laughs> you know? Give it that instead. Um, yes. Yeah. And then you feel that, like, level of, I did this. Satisfaction. Whether it's a puzzle. Yeah. And, like, okay, I can be proud of, like, I'm making progress I did. some I way. Did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I I um I don't know if you can, I have these bookshelves back here. I I, I built these. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I didn't. I put them together. I didn't okay. build them. No, but like they came in a box and I put them together and I used my my like drill and all this. And it was awesome and I loved it. And now every time I see them, I'm like, I did that. I put together a TV stand. There's something that's like the power of like like do-it-yourself projects. Yeah. Like the therapeutic power of like you know like I put all the pieces out and I looked at it and I'm like oh <laughs> what have I done and then wow. slowly you know surely it like came together step by step by step and at the end of that I have the bookshelf so I mean there's so much to be said for that because I feel like we spend so much time in our devices mm-hmm. so it's constantly like any problem even say it's like a word game on your phone it's still like in your head and on a screen yeah it's not this physical out of body does that make sense out of your head experience Mm -hmm. so I'm like any app that's like do this and this will help you I'm like no it's not Mm. helping me because it's still I'm still stuck in my head 
it's still no. internal. It's still, yeah. I mean, I'm holding this, yes, but like everything that it's, um, you know, I'm looking at mm-hmm. is all being processed internally. There's nothing tangible about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so something tangible, something that activates your senses, pick your favorite sense, go into like, you know, um, smell. Oh, you know, if you want to sort of get, get yourself back out of your head, got a bunch of candles back here and just like, you know, put them like put out and then like sort of sample them and like, mm-hmm. see which one of these, Oh, I like this today. Oh, I don't like this one today. That does not, that is not doing it for me, but this one I like. Love that. Oh, yeah, that's great. That. Okay, so now we're kind of out of our head. Yeah. Say we are at the point of, you know, like anxiety attacks or panic attacks where it's physical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're at that place where it feels so extreme and intense, what would you tell someone who's like, literally, my chest, my, I'm sweating, I'm heart racing, all these physical symptoms where it's like, how can I get it out of my body too now? Because I feel like my body is being totally taken over is the feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's such a horrible feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, my father-in-law, he's was a cardiologist and he was just like, I know this sounds silly, get a paper bag and breathe into it for a couple minutes. He's like, this won't last. And he's like, you just, but I was like, what What else can we do when you're like physically in it? You feel like you're consumed. So you're right. It, you need to get it out. Yeah. Whatever it is that that sort of like that buildup. Yeah. Whatever. It needs to be discharged. Okay. Um, and so the two best things that you can do in that moment, one of them is exhale. And focus, I, I, it's like a power exhale. It's almost like you are... Like almost like you've been punched in the gut. Like you, it's almost like you kind of expel it, all yeah. of it. Right. Okay. Um, you could do, or like a, um, it's like a therapeutic sigh where it's like, okay. <sighs> it's really powerful. Actually, okay. you're kind of like, you're putting some force behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or you might just sort of focus on doing like this, uh, like a lengthened exhale, mm-hmm. but I would make it audible. Okay. So if you're able to like exhale, blow it out with some amount of power or force, but like you also want to hear it okay? because that actually is really good feedback, biofeedback, like for your brain to like hear that you're breathing, not just okay. feel that yeah. you're breathing. Cause that's also very internal. Yeah. Like yeah. you, like if we've been instructed to breathe and sort of feel your breath, that's really hard to do. And it's all internal and you may not have great connection internal. You may not have some, you know, not all of us have this well-developed interoceptive awareness. So trying to feel your breath from the inside can be very difficult, especially when you're like anxious or panicked or just generally disconnected from that internal sensation. So hearing it is another, is an alternative and sometimes a better alternative for your brain. Or if you're trying to connect with your breath, connect with how it sounds. Maybe not so much how it feels. That's one. And the other is move your body. Get up from whatever you're doing. Go run a flight of stairs. Actually, it seems counterintuitive that if your heart is racing, you would want to increase your heart rate. But that's exactly what you're supposed to do. 
You actually okay. want to outrun the panic, essentially. So you could get your heart rate up. Because what happens when it goes up is that it comes down. So if you've ever had a good workout or a good run, part of what's you know part of what you experience is after that is a settling into a relaxation response that's also triggered. Um, and so you know, run a flight of stairs, do some jumping jacks if you're able to do these things, um, and then let yourself let your body kind of come back down naturally mm-hmm. after you've gotten your heart rate up just a little bit more. Oh, I yeah. love that. You're also breathing better when you're doing that. Right, so if, right. so that's also like there's that added value. You're also doing the breath work mm-hmm. through the exertion. Through the I really love that because sometimes I'll say to myself, like, you know how to breathe, breathe. But I'm like, this isn't working. Like as much as I know it can work <laughs> at times when I'm in this, just yes. following this one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. When I'm like, it's not helping at the moment. Like, why is it not working? But yeah. I love that I, I got to register it and like, get this out and I've had where like in the midst of like a panic or whatnot I'm like physically shaking and my sister was like it's good she's like get it out like the shaking is getting it out Mm -hmm. and I can't even tell you how good I felt afterwards and I was like Mm -hmm. this is the most bizarre thing that I'm like Mm -hmm. shaking Shaking uncontrollably (laughs) and then all of a sudden I feel better and she was like you're releasing it she told me this crazy thing about like when lions like if you watch a video of like the animal kingdom and like an animal is almost attacked by Mm -hmm. someone else but they get away that like afterwards they have this like adrenaline shake response to Mm -hmm. like get all of it out of their body and she's like I read this whole thing about it and it was so cool. And I was like fascinated and yeah. it made me feel so much better because I'm thinking I'm like going insane yeah. <laughs> having this moment of panic and I can't breathe and I'm shaking. And she's like, let it all get out of your body. And I was like, Oh my God, I feel so much better for some reason. Yeah. Instead of trying to suppress are... that. Yeah. Yes. Or calm it back down. Typically yeah. what people do will try to calm themselves back down and say, relax or breathe, or they'll even do like, it's going to be okay. Well, your brain isn't going to hear any of that. Your brain thinks that you're in danger at that point. Like it's activated fight or flight. And at that point, it believes that you are in danger or that there is a threat in your environment, internally or externally. And so it's, it isn't, you're going to be working against your biology if you're trying to calm yourself down in that state. You have to fight or flee. That's what you have to do. You have to like run or jump and, 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 or, you know, or blow it out. My kids are used to hearing me around the house, like, yes. <laughs> like blow, blow it out, mom. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Blowing it out. You have to discharge the energy. Mm. Oh if my you gosh. keep it, that's when it becomes toxic. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this so much because this just all makes perfect sense in my mind. Cause normally I'm trying to calm it down and suppress it and say like, oh, take, like, take your slow breaths and lay here and whatever. And it's like, none of that is helping me, mm-hmm. but I'm going to run a flight of stairs next time because that is such great advice. Those, those techniques are helpful for prevention. So at those lower levels where you're starting to feel tension, you're starting to feel that sense of overwhelm, you can sort of see yourself going in that direction. So again, it highlights the importance of paying attention, being aware of your physiology and how you feel. And when you notice that it's starting to creep up, um, you know, you're at like a three or a four and it's getting up there into that you know, danger zone or whatever, 
the breathing and the calming yourself down can be really helpful for preventing the, that sense of anxiety or panic. But at that point, it has to switch into an intervention. You have to do uh, something different. Um, the I breathing probably the breathing to calm yourself down at that point won't work. Wow. Right. Hm. Oh my gosh, I love everything you mm. have said. Mm-hmm. Hey. This Me is too. so this good. Is so I just <laughs> want to point out that you know there's so many ways to talk to someone now, or you know get tips and ideas and whatever, and reach out to people. But sometimes it still feels hard for people to take that step. Because mm-hmm. they feel, mm-hmm. I don't know, shame or like, I can't control this. Why is this? Which we're trying to get rid of in the world, of course. But what would you tell someone who's like on the fence, who needs, mm-hmm. who's just not feeling good or right, or the techniques that the, maybe they've been trying aren't working? Yep. How can we get people to, you know, hop off the fence and go to the other side yeah, of like I other think- things that can make it better? So, you know, if, if you think maybe professional help in this sense would, would work, um, uh, work with a professional mental health expert, um, you know, maybe you've talked to your friends, maybe you, you've got your social support, you've got your network and it's great. And maybe you have the sense that like this really isn't cutting it or they're not really getting it or it's not really as helpful as I would like for it to be or they're feeling kind of burdened. Yeah. And maybe they've said that, maybe they're like, you should talk to somebody about this yeah then that might be a good point to start thinking about what resources are available the very best place to start is with your primary care doctor okay so if you don't have um, a a therapist or a psychiatrist um, then you would probably just want to reach out to your primary care doctor your nurse practitioner and just say is there is there can you give me a referral Mm -hmm. Um, and oftentimes they can Another place to look would be with, you know, check with your insurance company and see what providers in your area are in network for you, if that's something that you were interested in using. If not, you could go to something like Psychology Today. They have a find a therapist search function. Findapsychologist.org has a find a therapist search search function. Um, And there's others like Zencare is another website that I'm aware of. That's pretty good. They have pretty well vetted resources that can connect you with providers in your area. And then you can like filter out for certain criteria. Like if they do, if they specialize in anxiety or if they specialize in relationships, usually that's listed there somewhere. And then you can just reach out to them and ask a couple of things like, are they taking new patients or new clients? Um, You know, what's the fee and what's their availability? And for a lot of folks, it's still via telehealth. So that's, that, that can be really convenient for some people. I, all of the work that I'm doing right now is still via telehealth. And I, I kind of like it that way um, for all sorts of reasons. But, um, and then there's also just online options. So there's places that you connect with therapists online that you might um, meet with um, through something like Talkspace or BetterHelp. Um, those are, uh, I've known a lot of people who've, who've gone that route. Mm-hmm. Um, had some good experiences, had some like, you know, different kinds of experiences, but, um, you have to find what really works for you and feels like a good fit. Yeah. And don't get discouraged if the first thing no, yeah. doesn't magically make you feel like you're on a rainbow, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. It, it might take, it might take a couple of times. It's kind of like if you're looking for somebody, you know, a new stylist, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. it might not be a good fit till you find the one and then you stick with them. 
Yeah. You never let well, them go. Everyone just wants, wants you, Natalie. So who's going to need to keep having you back on here? <laughs> well, I'm happy we to jump on any time. I, these are, I think this is an, these are important conversations for us to keep having. We are so grateful. Where can everyone keep following along with you besides here every so often? Um, well, yeah, so I'm on Instagram and I, I post there mostly about self-care and mindset and motivation and then like my own stuff, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. trying to like, you know, live it, learn it, practice it. Um, I'm also on Twitter and LinkedIn and um, Clubhouse. So that's where I hang out. <laughs> oh, well, we will post all the links and everything. You posted this very funny story the other day that I was cracking up about. It was like something about I'm a night owl and then it was like all owls are night, <laughs> are night owls. owls. You're just an owl. Right. And I You're just a regular owl. <laughs> <laughs> it like just got me. I said it to Colleen or I was talking to Colleen about it. I'm like, I don't know why this one just got me so, so good today. <laughs> it's kind of my own little therapy too. I love, I just love posting those funny memes. If it gets me, I'm going to put it out there. I'm like, yeah, that one got me. It's true. <laughs> it and good. laughter, they say is the best medicine. <laughs> yes. It truly is it sometimes really is. to just be like, everything is so serious and we got to pull out that like comedy that just makes you laugh every single time or a meme account that just oh, yeah. gets you. Yeah. I, got a bunch of those. I got a bunch of those. You got to laugh at yourself too. Yes. Oh, don't forget to laugh at yourself. Cause we're hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. I got oh no problem there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Oh my gosh. Well, you're, you're Bye. wonderful. Natalie, thank you so much. It was so good to see you guys. You too. too. And we will talk very soon again because this is just so beyond helpful. Thank you so much. Be and stay well. Thank you. You too. Namaste. Namaste. (laughs) (laughs) There you go.